people in Northwest Arkansas experiencing homelessness will have a new resource soon as the project to provide micro shelters for them is about to come online. Hi, I'm Rusty Turner, editor of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and welcome to our weekly podcast, Know the News. In a few minutes, our reporter, Stacey Ryburn, will join me to talk about the micro shelter project with co-founder of New Beginnings, Kevin Fitzpatrick. Stacy's story updating the progress of New Beginnings will appear in uh, the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette this weekend. We've got a lot of other great stories coming this holiday weekend as well. Be sure to check out Doug Thompson's story about how various groups in Northwest Arkansas, including the Walton Family Foundation, are increasing efforts to portray Northwest Arkansas as diverse, tolerant, and inclusive. All this is in the wake of the recently completed Arkansas legislative session in which a number of controversial bills regarding transgender residents were passed. Stacy Ryburn will also take a look at how local cities are planning to spend money they're receiving from the federal government through the American Rescue Plan. Leaders in the various communities in this region have very different ideas about what to do with the money. Ron Wood uh, will fill us in on the progress of how an on-demand service offered by Ozark Regional Transit in Rogers is faring. Is it faring well enough for other cities to consider doing the same thing? We'll find out. Janelle Jessen will have a story about a study conducted in two local counties on why some people are so hesitant to get the COVID-19 vaccine. This story is particularly important now as cases in Arkansas have begun to spike again. The Momentary will begin offering live music featuring local artists later this month. This is a new step for the downtown Bentonville creative space, and Mary Jordan will have all the details. Max Bryan will update everyone on developments along Fort Smith's riverfront, including uh, how things are going at the Marshalls Museum and at the Community School for the Arts. And speaking of the River Valley, look for Thomas Sicente's story about the Fort Smith Park Department's plan for a canopy trail system. All of those stories and more will be available to our subscribers in our weekend and holiday editions. They can be viewed at our website at nwaonline.com or on our replica app on smartphone and tablet. If you don't want to miss out, just go to nwaonline.com and hit the subscribe button. Or you can call us at 479-684-5509. We count on our readers to make it possible for us to do the important work of local journalism, and we're grateful for their support. Now, let's talk about new beginnings. Stacy Ryburn is here to talk with us about it. Hi, Stacy. How's it going, Rusty? And as I mentioned, we're joined by New Beginnings co-founder and board member Kevin Fitzpatrick. Welcome, Kevin. Good to be here. And also joining us today is Solomon Birchfield. Uh, he's the New Beginnings Project Man Manager. Hi, Solomon. Hi, Rusty. Thanks for having us. No problem. Uh, Stacy, take it away. All right, fellas. So we, we've talked about this project a few times, and the Democrat Gazette took a walk around the site. And we've got pictures and a story coming up about it. But I thought I'd leave it to you guys to tell us what exactly this project is. Solomon, could you just go over, in general, you know, what New Beginnings entails? Sure. Uh, just as an overview, New Beginnings is a small community in South Fayetteville. It's a community where 20 to 25 people who have experienced chronic homelessness will soon be staying. It's composed of 20 individual cabins. The cabins themselves are pretty basic. It's you know, got a 13 by 10 foot space where the door locks and somebody has a bed and a chair and access to heat and, and air conditioning and that, that kind of thing. At the front of the community 
is a a uh, shared building that has all the other stuff that people need like a kitchen and bathrooms and showers and laundry facilities or computers uh, to access and as well there'll be a, a team of support staff in that building to help keep this community safe and um, and supportive and what's cool is the ground where we now have built new beginnings used to be a place where anywhere from 75 to 100 unsheltered people here in Fayetteville stayed without support so it's really beautiful to just see that ground become repurposed now as a as a safe supportive community for people who can't have access to shelter in our in Fayetteville and Solomon you had talked about this a little bit before, but tell us a little bit about how it's going to operate. This is going to be largely a community that's run by the residents who live there, right? Well, just like how the the design of the community was influenced by people who are currently unsheltered, telling us they'd love to have privacy. They'd love to have some control over their life. Uh, the residents at New Beginnings also will help govern and guide the operations of the community. So we know we have to have safety rules uh, and the support team will be there to help ensure that we follow those safety rules. Every week there will be a, a resident meeting where the residents can gather and process things going on in the community. They can create rules or revise rules around just some of the basic stuff like how are we going to accommodate pets? or you know how do we allow visitors to be on site how do we keep the grounds organized and the facilities clean so there's that chance to really influence what it feels like staying at new beginnings and then there is a support team uh, to be there to help fill in the gaps to help be a, a third party that's neutral and objective and maybe most importantly the support team is there to show up and help people make progress on goals that can lead to more permanent housing. So a housing specialist that's on site will meet each week with each resident, working with them one-on-one -on -one for what's their pathway. You know, what are the barriers that they face? Um, how can they make progress towards a more permanent housing situation? And to piggyback off that, you did say that there's not uh, necessarily a, a set time frame for people to stay at New Beginnings. Yeah, I say we have a, a boutique case management approach. One-on-one, uh, -on -one, each person's facing their own circumstances and their own barriers. We'd love to make more permanent housing happen as quickly as possible for each person because that frees up a space for someone else to move in and be able to get that support. But we understand sometimes somebody who has a disability, let's say, may be doing everything that they can. And we may have applied for their IDs and their birth certificate. We may have filled out the applications for supportive housing programs. We may have explored things like, you know, co-housing arrangements or employment that could help make uh, housing on the private market work. We may have done all those right things, but there's just not an appropriate housing opportunity for that resident yet. And so in those cases, we don't want to have an artificial timeline where we just kick people out based on something arbitrary. We want to customize that for each person, make sure they have the support they need and the time they need 
to reach the goals that can take them back into more permanent housing. And Solomon, I have a question. Starting out, what's the, uh, how many people will uh, New Beginnings be able to accommodate? We're going to be able to accommodate 20 to 25 people at a time. There's 20 individual cabins. Some of those cabins can accommodate a couple. So that's the reason for that range of, of size. Gotcha. Okay. Thank you. So, Kevin, if you would, take us back to the beginning of New Beginnings a little bit. Uh, this was your crazy idea about 2015 or so, I believe. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was. You know, I got to say that, uh, and I'm, we'll go back to the beginning, but just listening to Solomon talk <clears throat> is, um, man, it's just unbelievable to, to have known that over the six-year period with so many different iterations and so many barriers as well as uh, uh, spurts of momentum that we are where we are right now. It's, it's, it's really exciting. Um, I don't want to bore you with a history lesson, but, <laughs> but partly it was a conversation uh, that I had initially with um, the then director of Seven Hills, John Woodward. Um, and uh, we, you know, we had just finished the appointed time count in 2015 and then come out of the cold weather um having done a, a, a an unsheltered uh, the unsheltered interviews and um i mean we we both lamented about <clears throat> how tragic it was not only the circumstances that we had encountered <clears throat> but the, the growing numbers uh, of unsheltered and um you know at that time i was on the board of seven hills with john and and we were equipping to serve a lot of different folks, but we were not equipping to serve this particular group of people. And we just talked a lot about, uh, you know, what kinds of options are there? And, and that, that waned um, and waxed. Uh, and then, you know, 2017 came along and the unsheltered numbers continued to go up. And then I started having conversations with other folks. Um, and uh, sooner or later, uh, what, what really transformed i think the idea to i believe that we've got enough traction to begin to develop a, an actual program was uh you know some initial financial backing uh and you know before it was kind of an idea and then it took a couple of people to say you know we're going to put our money where our mouth is uh and 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 see if we can can actually begin to do something uh and so Fundraising became a, a critical role for Serve NWA at the time. It was just kind of really just working on laundry love. I mean, that was that was our our primary uh, emphasis. And that we was the just, name of the. We had uh... just split apart from the cobblestone farm, uh, and and it was just mostly laundry love that that was driving us. And until we finally made that decision that, you know, we need to get in the housing game. Uh, and, and if we're really going to impact people's lives, that's the way we need to do it. And, and Serve NWA, that was the name of the nonprofit before it became New Beginnings is what I was Yes, and, and we've kind of morphed that uh, through um, and into now what uh, will be and is New Beginnings. Mm -hmm. And so to, to fast forward just a little bit there, I know um, there was quite a situation that Solomon alluded to in that area we're talking about. There's a There's a like a wooded area south of 19th yes. street that the university once yes. owned. And yes, um, I mean, that, that all... was a critical, mm -hmm. that was also a critical turning point. You know, we, 
for for years we kept saying, wow, we just need to find a piece of property. Um, and we kept looking and, and there were a couple of pieces of property that sort of came and went in that area that, that we were working in. Uh, but there was really never a, a, a piece of property that we felt that would serve the population the, the way that we needed to. The university sits on over 50 plus acres, mm-hmm. even above and beyond what they sold us down the, the 19th Street corridor. And uh, <clears throat> I began that conversation with the then Chancellor Dave Gerhardt. Um, that then after he left, I had to pick it up and, and, and talk to Joe Steinmetz about it. Um, <clears throat> and eventually, um, it, it, you know, when we, we just kind of wore them down. Uh, and uh, they said, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll release five acres for you uh, at, at a, a less than market price. And, and uh, I, I think that was, that was probably the other thing that, you know, Solomon referred to, to, to 19th Street as, as a, a fantastic come around story. And um, I mean, it was, it was in really, really disrepair and, and had become a dangerous site. But it wasn't just a matter of us buying five acres and then bringing the bulldozer in and clearing it out. We had to be really careful about how we did that. And I was really, really um, very pleased with not only the university, but all the partners that that came along uh, at that time and said, let's figure out a way to get those people placed instead of just simply displacing them. You know, places all over the country, oftentimes uh, in unsheltered situations, are apt to uh, bulldoze first and ask questions second, and and I think we just did the opposite, and 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 I think um, gained a, a significant amount of legitimacy uh, as a result. This seems like a really unique solution uh, uh, to 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 this challenge. So, uh, are there other communities like this around here, uh, or in in the in the region that you guys modeled this after, or? Or is it sort of your own creation? Well, I'll let Solomon talk a little bit about this, but <clears throat> I mean, I can't tell you how many places I reached out to over the course of about two years as we built, um, you know, sort of the the vision for what what new beginnings would look like. But you know, calls to Fresno and Sacramento and Eugene and Seattle and Ithaca, New York, and uh, Austin, Texas, and uh, Madison, Wisconsin, and, you know, I mean, the list goes on. Um, and, and all of those places are different. I mean, they're, they're, but, but there's some really important common threads. And the one common thread that I think that Solomon picks up on, uh, and, and that we have, have sort of uh, started to think about well, what's that going to look like for new beginnings is this is this idea that that with security comes dignity mm-hmm. and and with dignity comes success and and i think to some extent all of those communities are are using that as kind of an underpinning for for what they want to do and 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 i believe that solomon's got some some great ideas and and is already started to implement those in conversations with with potential uh, clients um, and and this notion of self-governance i mean it's not particularly new but it's particularly new to this area 
Uh, and and I think the other thing that that's really interesting about it is, you know, we <clears throat> we're we're working in a living laboratory. Uh, we don't know how it's going to work. We don't know how it's going to go. But but the beauty of it is is that like all laboratories, you know, you can run the experiment and 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 see the results and and have the opportunity to tweak and and maybe pivot a little bit differently or just continue to build off of those findings. So so I, I do think that that we have a, a really unique opportunity um, and and I, and I think Solomon's taking full advantage of that as he begins to plot and plan what New Beginnings looks like. Yeah, yeah, Solomon. Uh, other agencies that maybe inspired this, or uh, or just other places, uh, people that you've talked to that are kind of helping to shape your approach to this whole thing. Yeah, there's a lot of communities around the country, like Kevin mentioned, that we just tried to cross pollinate with, and steal what's working well and try to contextualize it for for our community. Um, there's there's a, a group out in Washington that, that started a community very similar to what we're doing. It's called Opportunity Village. It was also self-governed. It was also people that were exiting literal unsheltered homelessness. Uh, on the one hand, that group ended up choosing to have some kind of higher barriers to entry. You know, they, they didn't want just anybody and everybody. They, they wanted only people that had didn't have high support needs. Uh, and so that's one model that did some things really well, but wasn't 100% of what we wanted to do. Some other communities, I think of one down in Austin, uh, is kind of on the, on the opposite end of the spectrum where it's, they're able to welcome anybody regardless of what kind of complex issues they have going on in life. But on that other end of the spectrum, sometimes that community is a bit of a free-for-all. It is not always safe. Mm. And so we kind of tried to find some middle ground and take great ideas from other programs and find something that can be low barrier, low demand, that's really accessible to the neighbors in our community without access to shelter and housing. And then also build in some, some rules, some guidelines and structure that will hopefully help keep it uh, safe for everyone involved. So I know that there were some challenges along the way, as there are in any construction project, no matter what you do. Um, we, we, we've written about those uh, challenges a, a few times before. Uh, the, for a while there, the budget was looking a little, little uh, out of whack, but you, you got it all put together. And from what we understand, uh, the, 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 the financing is there and the, the project is going forward. And a big part of that was something that we wrote about not too long ago was this million dollar donation from Jane Hunt. And I was hoping maybe you could talk about not, maybe not just that, but also obviously that's a transformational gift, but also just some of the, the people or the organizations that helped you make this happen. Yeah, so on the, on the very front end, it, it was really, at the very beginning of sitting down and kind of planning, you know, what do we want to do? What do we want to try and accomplish? And how do we want to uh, accomplish that? You know, at the very beginning required some architect to put pen to paper because we weren't going to be able to get very far without some 
at least rudimentary drawings. Even the planning commission was going to require some level of, of, you know, it wasn't just, let me go in here and talk you through it. It was like, well, I need to go in here and talk you through it while you can look at some pictures of what it might actually look like. Um, and of course, you know, while our architect support was fantastic, and, and I know that you saw many of those early drawings, they were just so out of, uh, of, of line with, with what we could deliver uh, within the budget that we were working with. This is pre-Miss uh, Hunt gift. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so, I mean, our, our, our budget lines were, were extraordinarily tight and, and we had to make some really tough decisions when it came to, you know, what did we want to, what did we want for the units? What did we want for the programming building? You know, what did we want for the, the space itself? I, I mean, I got to tell you that you talk about barriers. There's no greater barrier than thinking that if you got a piece of property, you could put some shelters on there and a porta potty and hire a case manager and everything would be really fantastic. And you spend a couple hundred thousand bucks and, and you'd, you'd be on your way. Building anything in the city uh, requires a much different vision than that. I mean, I never thought that we'd have to be making decisions about curbing and, and, and uh, you know, what, what kind of, um, what kind of the light poles product Don't forget about the light poles. material <laughs> yeah light poles and you know products for the you know ground and and taking care of trees and and all, all kind of, i mean we I just never anticipated that you know i mean at some level we went into this as as naive uh builders uh you know we were naive in terms of thinking that we could deliver what it was that we wanted to deliver on a shoestring and it just doesn't work that way. Um, and so, so you know, when you talk about barriers, I think that, that a lot of the a lot of the initial barrier was just convincing people that we could do what we set out to do within some time frame and within some uh, monetary frame. Uh, you know, all the while making sure that we abided by you know, the extraordinarily complicated zoning and, and uh, developmental rules that, that the city of Fayetteville has. And, and uh, you know, I mean, I think that, that I'll give you a, a really good example, and I don't want to put a spotlight on this, but, but I think it, it goes, it, it speaks to the issue of, of what, what really is required in terms of the conversation uh, that, that moves us from from hey we want to do this till to the point where we actually do it and that is the the initial conversation that we had with uh, the the uh, Fayetteville Fire Department you know initially uh, based on all of their reading and understanding of their um, regulations it was gonna look like we would have to require a sprinkler system to be, mm -hmm. to be put in in all the units um, and uh, I mean, I can think of a half a dozen conversations that I had with probably three or four different chiefs uh, in the in the department to see what we could do to work around. And um, you know, I mean, it was just one conversation after another. But eventually, it what what 
what ended up happening was somebody kind of caught the vision of what we wanted to do, understanding all the while that we were a nonprofit and didn't have, you know, a, 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 a deep purse at all and said, you know, I think there's a workaround here and here's the, here's the workaround. And, and thus, I, you know, again, that, that was just, we were bucking up against that for months and going nowhere. Uh, until finally somebody just kind of breaks through and says, you know what, I think we can work around this and, and uh, we can be happy uh, and the state can be happy and, and you guys can be happy too. So, so I mean, I, I use that as just one uh, of multiple examples, uh, but, but I do think that, you know, no matter how picky we are about, um, you know, having to, to get one particular T crossed or one I dotted, it really came down to ultimately getting people to understand the vision, you know, and I, and I, and that's why I think Solomon uh, in his role is a good vision caster. Uh, and, and you need somebody like that uh, to pick it up and, and move it to the next level. Uh, because, you know, I mean, I, I'm not, I, I have a full-time job. I mean, I, I can't be a full-time New Beginnings person um, as much as I would like to, uh, as much as Solomon would not want me to be. Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I mean, you find that right vision caster and, and somebody who not only understands what you want to accomplish, but but how best to accomplish it. I should be able to sit on the sidelines and just, you know, applaud and, and high five and and I mean, that's what I, I, I look forward to in, in our board meetings, um, you know, in the future. So just to wrap up here, talking about uh, sort of the overall vision, um, what, are your, what are you hoping the ultimate effect of this will be in terms of, you know, this very complex issue of homelessness or just, you know, the overall effect to the community? And I'll, and I'll throw that to, to Solomon to wrap up here. Yes, Stacy. Uh, I'm I'm glad you're ending there because I think of impact both on that personal level of people who I know on a first name basis, all the way up to this community and social level. Thinking about individuals that are currently camped outside, having to be out in the elements for the snow and the heat. Uh, I just think of how much it will mean for them to move into their own place where they can feel that safety, have that sense of control of their own lives. We know that having access to shelter or housing is a huge determinant for someone's health, for someone's mental well-being, for someone's recovery journey or employment potential. So I just cannot wait to see the impact that this community has on a personal level for people that have kind of been outside those systems of care and now can start to experience that sense of safety and empowerment and, and find out what they need to be able to thrive and contribute in our community. And at the same time, I, I do think, you know, to step it up and try to look at the whole community, I think there's a big community and social impact for what we can do at New Beginnings as well. I often say that homelessness is more of a social problem than it is an individual shortcoming. When we think about at the policy level, housing policy, think about health care and mental health care policy. 
these things really are at the root of why so many people are having to go through homelessness in Northwest Arkansas, in America. So I look forward to, to seeing some of the residents at New Beginnings that have lived experience with homelessness help our community have just a better conversation about why there's so much homelessness and how we can take action together to end it. The conversations I've been able to be part of, I get to hear people talk about, you know, Solomon, here's a city that, that invested millions of dollars into supportive housing. And we saw so many folks that have been chronically homeless now in stable housing with the supports they need to stay there and be healthy and contribute. Or I've heard people share with me how they wish we had more accessible opportunities for for recovery, for treatment, and how difficult that can be to get help around those healthcare needs as, and mental health care needs. So I just look forward to, to kind of centering people with that lived experience to help uh, guide our community conversations and see how much impact we can drive uh, at, in the budgets that we create, in the policies that we can implement in Fayetteville and, and throughout Northwest Arkansas. Well, guys, thank you very much. Very quickly, when uh, when will the first residents be able to to uh, to move in? When do we think that's going to happen? Well, you know, I mean, that's a bit of a moving target. Um, you know, of course, we we keep we keep moving that target, not because we don't you know think yeah. that we're ready. It's just that there's just so many things that need to to be right just to get a certificate of occupancy. Uh, for us to to be available, and and again, that's that's a bit of a moving target. As I told Stacy before, we we believe that that summer, <laughs> however you define summer, uh, summer uh, will be our opening. Um, not only our, our our the time that we get to share with the community and, and be excited about what we're doing, but but that time that that clients also begin to to occupy and. And again, I don't think we're just going to simply open up the door and immediately 20 persons will fill 20 units. Uh, we'll want to work towards a phased in uh, strategy to, to make sure that that all of our all of our uh, eggs are kind of in one basket line. Everything's lined up. Um, it's going to take a little while for us to, to work out through through the kinks. And, and that's really, frankly, what we want to do before we say, OK, we're ready is to spend some time uh, making sure that that we do know uh, exactly uh, uh, <clears throat> what, you know, what goes where and how things work. And, you know, Solomon has already developed a, a pretty comprehensive list of, of potential clients already uh, from, from a multiple group of sources so that uh, we believe that, you know, when, when we come down to that, that moment and say, okay, let's, let's open these doors, we're, we're not gonna have any trouble but we're talking you know, weeks. And, we're talking weeks and not months, though, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> we're talking Good. weeks. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, it could be ten weeks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. but yeah, no, we're we're talking weeks. We're, you know, I like I said, I I I fully believe, and I think Solomon's in agreement that that you know, before Labor Day, we will be operational. Well, it sounds like a a, uh, a great project, and it sounds like you've got uh, 
uh, got a great plan ahead. I appreciate both of you spending some time with us today uh, and talking about new beginnings and, and its potential to, to impact both the, the community of people affected by homelessness, but also the community in general. So, so um, uh, Solomon Birchfield and, and Kevin Fitzpatrick, thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks a lot. Been a pleasure. And uh, for our listeners, you can read read more about this uh, this topic in our in our weekend editions uh, in Stacy Robert's story about new beginnings. So please uh, please pick, please uh, check that out for us uh, on our website at nwaonline.com or on our uh, replica uh, uh, smartphone and tablet apps. Um, until next week, this is Rusty Turner for the Know the News podcast signing off. <music>